Hey everybody, Jeremy Markovich here. Two quick notes before we get going. First, this podcast has a new home. It's now part of the North Carolina Rabbit Hole, which you can find at ncrabbithole.com. There you can check out previous episodes of Away Message. You can find any new episodes that we're putting out. And if you like this podcast, I think, no guarantees, but I think you will like my weekly newsletter. It is about weird North Carolina stuff. Comes out every Thursday. It is free if you want it to be. And you can sign up at ncrabbithole.com. Second, this episode was produced during my time at Our State Magazine. Now, I happen to think that most of it still holds up, but some of the promo codes and websites that I mention may no longer work. Okay, here's the show. On a warm summer afternoon, on the last day of their hike, I caught up with Aaron and Lexi Harrison Nagshead on the Outer Banks, about two and a half miles from the end of the mountains to sea trail. Hey, hey, long time no see. I know, right? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Hey. Sandy. <laughs> yeah, we're a mess. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hold you up, but let's keep it, keep oh, walking. Okay, so. sure. We started walking north on the wet sand, the ocean on our right, homes, hotels, dunes, and beachgoers on our left. Are you the only people walking up the beach with like full hiking gear and <laughs> shoes and boots and everything? I'm pretty sure based on people's reactions to us. Aaron just said earlier that he's never felt like more of a spectacle. Now, people have been telling you this for a long time, but finally, I got to experience for myself just how hard it is to walk a long way in the sand. In Aaron's case, it's even harder when you're still wearing the exact same shoes you started with almost 1,200 miles ago. Aaron's shoes have basically eroded away to yeah, nothing. Yeah. He's practically barefoot. In any event, this was the home stretch for the Harrises. After they finished kayaking the Noose River, they put their backpacks back on and hiked through the swamps, forests, and farms of far eastern North Carolina. Then they got on a ferry and went over to Ocracoke. So Ocracoke was one of my favorite parts of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this little town you have to take a ferry to get there, and it's just kind of charming. Yeah. There are only 900 locals, and they run everything. <laughs> After that, they took another ferry over to Hatteras Island, and then started a long stretch of walking up the beach, about 70 miles. Now, they've seen dunes for the entirety of that trip, but up ahead... Because I'm seeing dunes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the edge of the park, so it's up that's here. It. Poking above the trees in rental houses are some really big dunes. The biggest ones on the East Coast, actually. Oh yeah, I see people up there. <laughs> the top of the tallest dune, that is the eastern terminus of the trail. The end, at last, is literally in sight. It's 0.9 miles, so okay. we're getting there. The beach is easy in one regard. You just go straight, so <laughs> it's kind of yeah, nice. for sure. You don't get lost on the beach. Yeah, no splits, no, no confusing no. turn off. At this moment, Aaron and Lexi aren't emotional, exactly, but for the first time, there's finally this air of inevitability around them, as if to say, we have less than a mile to go. Nothing could stop us now. They're already speaking about the trip in the past tense instead of the present. It's like they're nostalgic for this journey that's almost but not yet complete. Like, what are you throwing away? Uh. So, <laughs> so we had some, before we ever left, uh, from a, a tip 
of some hiker friends, they had given us was to use those Talenti, like gelato, like you can buy them at Kroger or wherever, Food Lion. Uh, they're little like pints of gelato, but the containers are pretty hearty. And so we... People use them to make dinners in to... Yeah, so we bought some yeah. and clean, you know, ate the ice cream, cleaned them out before we ever left. They lasted us the whole time. Almost every night we made, you know, ramen noodles in them, or the morning we'd have oatmeal. We did some instant potatoes in them, instant coffee. And then, so after dinner last night, we're like, all right, we don't need that was these our anymore. Last dinner. <laughs> Let's toss them. <laughs> that feel, did you feel like kind of like sad about like, oh, this thing got me so all the way through, but then you're like, this isn't like a piece of equipment I bought from REI. This is literally like an empty container of something <laughs> I bought at the grocery store. <laughs> No, I don't. I didn't feel bad. It was it was like more fun than I ever could have expected. It's strange because those things weigh almost nothing. I mean, since they're empty most of the time, but throwing them away felt like I don't know, like such an accomplishment. Not because they made it to the end. I, I guess <laughs> accomplishment doesn't feel like the right word, but I mean, we were truly excited. <laughs> it brought us joy. <laughs> After about a mile and a half on the beach, we got to the wooden walkway at the foot of Holloway Street in Nags Head. White Blaze! Probably one of the last ones we'll see. The final stretch of the trail runs down the sidewalk here, goes across Highway 158 at a stoplight, then into Jockey's Ridge State Park, and follows a paved path to the visitor center. Inside of the desk, Aaron and Lexi find the logbook. They start leaving through, looking at all of the names of the people who'd also finished the trail. So uh, we never got our trail names. They write their own names, linger for a few moments, get a drink of water, then head outside and walk toward the dunes. I think that that's the last blaze on the trail right there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think so. There's one final MST sign, one final white circle, and then the trail turns into a sandy path among some scrubby little trees. Then you come around a corner and suddenly you're in this vast, wide open space with 100 foot tall dunes all around. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, this is nice. It's like you've teleported into the Sahara Desert, except there are tourists and hang gliders all around, and it's not nearly as hot. I feel like sand is almost like snow, like it just traps sound. Yeah, it gets kind of eerily quiet. Aaron and Lexi found the biggest dune in the park and walk right up to the top. I think this is it, like right right over here is the tallest point. Because I'm pretty sure we're higher than them. Yeah, we are totally higher than them. And here, after an entire day of holding back, it all comes out. Woo! <laughs> all right, big high five. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh gosh. We're done. We made it. It's not setting in. <laughs> it's kind of setting in for me. How do y'all feel? Good. <laughs> Are you speechless? I, yeah, it's a little overwhelming. It's, uh, it feels like an accomplishment. Like we've been through a lot to get here. So I'm, I guess I'm, I feel like proud in a way. And, excited that we made it <laughs> healthy and alive uh, excited 
to go home. <laughs> I am proud of us. Yeah. I'm proud of you. This is great. <laughs> like you're tearing up a little bit. I am. Yeah, this is what this is kind of wild. <laughs> Just uh it's we've been walking for a long time. And we've seen a lot and we've done a lot. <laughs> Do you need a moment? No, no, no. This is awesome. The Harrises spend about 10 minutes looking around, taking it all in. And then down we go. That's yeah, a little surreal. <laughs> Just done. <laughs> These things never hit you until oh, no. a week or so later. What did Travis, so we talked with this guy who had taken a, he was a, a pastor of a church, had taken a three month sabbatical. And he said, you know, people have advised me, you don't even know what you've learned or you don't know kind of the full of what you've experienced until six months after you've experienced it, so. What did he learn over the six months that he didn't know when he finished? I think it was just, you know, his his three months of being away, being in a different place. You know, he has all these thoughts and he had written down these things that he had thought and that experience meant something different to him well after he had had it than it did in the moment so we kind of like organized things and applied had different applications for like personal life yeah. you know family professional that kind of thing he also had a, that overarching quote about the odyssey and the iliad people like every story is either the iliad or it's the odyssey and i think it's a story of struggle the or it's a journey iliad, yeah i i think the iliad was the journey one and the Odyssey was the struggle? Yeah, that sounds right. When I started this project, that was what I was after. The story of the struggle and the journey. And honestly, I think I got both of those things. But as I watched all of the hikers reach the end of the MST, there was something else on my mind. Something that I really hadn't thought about. What happens when it's all over? When you've done this really big thing and then it's finished. Everything you've heard up until this point has been from the spring and summer of 2019. We're now approaching the end of 2020 and listening back, has been sort of like opening a time capsule. There is so much coming that none of us could possibly have foreseen. And after all this time, it's been eye-opening to see what sticks out. The good and the bad, the big events that turn out to be not so big, and the small moments that ended up being unforgettable. And so today, on the season finale, we are going to finish the journey, and then, we're going to find out what happens when you finish the trip of a lifetime and go from trail life back to life. From Our State Magazine, this is Away Message, Season 4, a trip across North Carolina on the Mountains to Sea Trail. I'm Jeremy Markovich.
so watching Aaron and Lexi finish the trail was a bit of deja vu for me. So yeah, I think, I think that is the last sign. This is? Yeah. Exactly one week earlier, I was in the exact same place, watching Aaron Brennan walk up the dunes, along with Michelle Revoir of Warrior Expeditions. Holy moly, that's a lot oh, of people. Wow. I guess this would be a good place for kite flying, huh? Yeah. Just to recap, Aaron was originally going to kayak up the Intracoastal Waterway, but decided to stop and get back on her bike and pedal her way to the end. She finished a week early, so I jumped in the car at the last minute, drove to the Outer Banks, got there after midnight, and met her the next morning. Now, she had already ridden all the way to the park's visitor center the day before, so all she had left to do was find the tallest dune and climb to the top. Uh, so then we just pick the highest one? Yeah, basically. And yes, just to verify, all hikers hate walking in the sand. She always says, everyone thinks it's romantic, but it's not. Like, walking on sand's the worst. I think this is romantic with you guys here. Oh, thanks. Well, thanks. <laughs> and as we climb up a dune, I get the feeling that Aaron is not quite ready for this trip to end. All right, well, this is about it. I know, I'm sad. I'm sad and happy at the same time. Yeah, how's that? As you closed in on like the last couple of days, like I definitely reached a point where I was like, okay, I'm ready. But, and I've been feeling that way for the past couple of days, but now I'm just like, yeah, I'm definitely pretty sad as well. Just kind of going to go home and like go back to real life is, it's a bummer. So we try to make this journey last just a little bit longer. No marker, huh? <laughs> no, I think this is it. We might have to walk over to that other one. I guess. <laughs> I think it's hard. It's hard to tell. That one's got to be higher. Just to cover our bases, we walk to another dune. <laughs> I was like, where are we going? <laughs> uh, like, being just herded. trying to drag it out. I don't want it to end. <laughs> yeah. And then at the top of that dune. Yeah. I don't think this is even it. I think it's the next one. <laughs> I'm serious. Michelle, go back to the car. <laughs> You're done here. That one is the tallest one. All right, I think this is it, huh? Yep, this is it. This is a cool end to a trail. If there were a marker, but no. no. Well, I will say that this is the only trail that has an ending that looks like this. Yeah, I said if there's no marker, we're going to make our own marker. So we're going to do an MST border expeditions in the sand so there's some sort of validation. <laughs> Aaron and Michelle start using their shoes to write their words in the sand. No, you don't know how to spell? No, I'm saying I don't know how to spell. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> then I take some pictures. One, two, three. All right. Good job. Everyone good? I'm good. Thanks for doing this with me, guys. Yeah. This is awesome. And we start walking back down. And as we do, the wind picks up. It's funny, like the, the letters are already filling back in with sand. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be gone. They'll be gone today. So sad. Yeah, I guess the wind just keeps whipping across up here, huh? In the weeks that followed, Aaron and I kept in contact, mostly through text messages. But after that, we lost touch. 
The last time I heard from her was way back in December. And in the months that followed, I couldn't get a response. Now, I tried everything, including driving down to her house and leaving a note when nobody came to the door. I really didn't know what to make of all this. And so I called up Sean Gobin. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Sean, you might remember, runs Warrior Expeditions, the organization that put Erin on the trail and helped her along the way. And he helped me fill in a few of the gaps. Yeah, so we know Erin, you know, she completed the trail and uh, (laughs) an enjoyable experience along the way. It was tough, like I said, especially that paddling section, you know. Um, When she finished the trail, uh, her and her husband were stationed from North Carolina to Kentucky. Um, And so we were in contact with her at some point this summer, Um, but haven't heard from her in probably about three or four months. People kind of phase in and out depending on life circumstances. So that's, uh, that's common. But it's not unusual to like, kind of have somebody drop off the radar for a little bit or or a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, life is hard and people go through different phases um, through life. And so, yeah, so it's, it's common for people to kind of phase in and out. Sean and I don't know exactly what's going on in this case, but he says in general, a long trip on the trail can help veterans better deal with problems, but it can't solve them. But the one thing I'll start with what we tell them at the beginning of the expedition, which is we explain to them, while these expeditions are incredibly therapeutic and it's a great reset button, both mentally, socially, and physically to start the next chapter of your life. You know, if you've experienced trauma or whatever you're struggling with, it's still gonna be there at the end of the journey. And so the reason we have the veterans keep their gear is so that they understand that the outdoors can be used as a long-term coping strategy as they continue to make it through life the best they can with the trauma that they've experienced. And so, for example, you get home, um, I mean, heck, it's an adjustment just coming off the trail, never mind getting out of the military to go from, you know, living out in nature and hiking you know, 15 miles a day um, to adjusting back to home life. That's a transition experience in and of itself. So I don't know exactly how Aaron's life has changed in the last year. What I do have are her thoughts from the last time we talked. What's tomorrow going to be like for you? Probably re- really weird because I actually will get home tonight and sleep in my own bed tonight so I think like waking up tomorrow and having like a full day at home I think it's gonna be weird I think like in the hour or so after she finished the trail Erin sat with me in an empty conference room back at her hotel and we tied up a few loose ends one that the kayaking on the intercoastal waterway was really challenging for her in fact so challenging that warrior expeditions had decided not to do that portion again in the future instead the next group of veterans will do a hike paddle hike trip that includes the noose river That's the path that Aaron and Lexi followed. Those veterans will also get something that Aaron will not. Their names on the official list of MST completers. Now, this wasn't a surprise to Aaron or to anybody else going in. The kayak trip was definitely not part of the official route. Neither was some of the biking section. And when I asked her about it, about not getting her name on that list, she said that she really didn't care. Okay, that's fine. It's not a big deal. Um... Now, I've interviewed a lot of people who said they didn't care about something when they really cared a lot about something. But 
As we were wrapping up our interview a few minutes later, Erin sat back in her chair, and she said, Look, I realized that as I went along, I didn't need to prove that I could finish the whole trail. In fact, I realized that I didn't need to prove anything. I feel like I have challenged myself over and over and over again physically, like, because I've always been in infantry units, like tactical infantry units. So, like, uh, a lot of times I'm the only girl in the unit, and Michelle has always had, had that experience, too. So you're constantly trying to prove yourself. You're constantly trying to, like, reassure the guys that you're not, like, a physical liability, that you can keep up, that you can hang. So, like, over the past seven years, I have been physically challenged, like, every day, every single day. Like, I mean, I could say, you know, like going out and, you know, doing like, oh, like just every every Thursday you're doing a ruck march. So you're putting a pack on and you're, you got like a weapon, you got, you know, you're in full freaking like heavy clothing, you know, you're, you know, sometimes you have your freaking helmet on, which is like miserable. So like, I've done stuff like that. Again, when I say like, yeah, like when I approach the whole journey, it's like, that's my natural thing to be like, oh, am I gonna like achieve this, conquer this trail or whatever it is, like kind of the physical like mentality. but. The more I realized, like, that's not what this is about for me. Like, I just want to have fun. Like, my job was stressful in the military. Being an intel officer, you're constantly, like, telling people who are going to go out and risk their lives, like, hey, this is what you're going to see out there. This is the trends we see. Like, tell, like being the person to, like, have to, like, tell other people that and then them going out and risking their lives is, like, it's a stressful job. Like, the Army these days, there's a lot of pressure on the Army, so, like, we're super busy. Like, you're, you're jumping out of airplanes. You're just, like, you're stressed all the You don't sleep. Like, you're stressed all the time. So it was, like, that's not what this is about for me. I wonder if like some people who miss, maybe don't have a life like that routinely, they want to come out here and they're like challenging themselves. Like, can we do this for three months? Come out here and walk this whole thing and like go through the trial and just challenge yourself in that way. And that's like not what it was about for me because like I feel like I've proved a lot to myself over the last seven years physically. So like when Aaron finished saying all of that, everything started to click into place. Now, she wasn't in this to complete the entirety of the trail or really even to challenge herself. After she got on the trail, she realized that what she really wanted was to make some memories. She wanted to see North Carolina, to relax, de-stress, enjoy herself, have fun. And it made me think of this video of Erin on the trail early on. Her hiking partner Thomas shot it, and you can see Erin walking away from an overlook on the Blue Ridge Parkway. It is pouring down rain, just a miserable looking day outside. But in the video, you can hear Aaron singing, specifically the old Proclaimer song about walking 500 miles and then walking 500 more. We're beyond voices in the head. We got songs. She is soaking wet with this huge smile on her face, dancing her way through a downpour. And you can clearly see that when everything seemed terrible, Aaron had found a way to deal with it. <laughs> Coming up, Aaron and Lexi, one year later. Good morning. This is Away Message. I'm Jeremy Markovich. So a few days before they got to the end, the Harrises were walking down the beach near the town of Avon, and they started to think ahead. I'm glad we did this. It's Would been... you do it again? 
I would do it again. <gasps> same thing, same trail. Um, I think I would, I think I would even do the same trail again. Wow. Yeah, That's I think. Big. That was from July 22nd, 2019. And as you might imagine, things look different today. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me? Yeah, uh, I can hear you. Earlier this month, I called up Aaron and Lexi Harris over Zoom. They look good, about the same as they did the last time I saw them, only cleaner. And they said in one specific way, being on the trail together has helped them navigate something that a lot of people are dealing with right now. You know, when the pandemic rolled around, People were like, oh, gosh, I'm going to be locked in with my wife for, you know, whatever, six hours every night after work. And we're like, Been there, done that. yeah, this is nothing. That <laughs> definitely <laughs> is like a very tangible thing. The trail prepared us. Yeah, pandemic. we're locked in with air conditioning and, <laughs> and all the snacks we can eat. Yeah, this is nothing. Like, we're just fine. <clears throat> but in a lot of other ways, finishing the trail did not lead to some sort of drastic change or some new way of seeing the world. After they left the Outer Banks, they got back to their old habits fairly quickly. Scarily quick. Yeah, really <laughs> quick. Right after I got back, that was something I definitely noticed. It, it did not take long for me to kind of be back in the routine. You know, then the things that frustrate you are different. Like my level, my level for frustration was way lower. <laughs> like on the trail, any little thing was just delightful. And then you get back and you're kind of like used to all the the amenities and the food and stuff. And it just, you know, very quickly, my frustration level changed with everything that I was getting back to. I feel like it, it was odd. It was just like one day we were on the trail and the next day we were at my parents' house and my mom was, you know, cooking us meals and we're making coffee in the morning and sleeping in a bed and, you know whatever have fresh clothes every day like seemingly like pretty normal things but and 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 they felt normal like i don't feel like there was this like reacclimation period as much as maybe you would have thought yeah yeah like i said there's some people that are like as soon as they got the trail like okay everything's simplified now like oh i'm not i don't need this i don't need that like i'm gonna recon to my life and then and then yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't sound like and some people do that and some people don't it doesn't it doesn't sound like you were like okay back to back to what we're doing back to back to everybody. i mean we got pretty much back into our yeah, routine i don't think things changed terribly for us i'm a i'm a pretty simple creature as is so I don't <laughs> too much to... after the trail the harrises moved in with lexi's parents for a bit before they bought a house in knoxville they're both working as physical therapists, although Lexi's job is fairly new. And they don't really hike a whole lot. How long before you went into the woods again, went hiking again? You know, I haven't really been on a, like any long hikes since we got back. I, we've done some short ones, uh, like, you know, just not far from Knoxville, but. We've done um, a little bit in the Smokies and, you know, we live close. Um, but we haven't done any like overnight. We haven't done any like real camping or backpacking in a year. <laughs> um, we want to, but we're not, honestly, I was just, we had some friends who just kind of knew about our experience on the trail and they were like 
describing us to some of their friends and they were like, you know, this is the couple that hiked to the East coast. And, you know, the, the woman they were talking to was kind of like, well, I walk, but I don't, you know, I'm not a hiker. And I mean, I just kind of looked at Aaron. I was like, we're really not hikers. <laughs> like, We didn't hike that much before we did it. And we haven't hiked that much since we finished. And I feel like anyone can do it. <laughs> and even after all this time, when people ask them why they hike the trail, the best answer they have is we did it just to do it. Like, how do you tell somebody who is like, you've never, that doesn't understand it, like what you did and why you did it? <laughs> A good question. How do you tell people? I feel like I just say <laughs> we walked from the Smokies to the Outer Banks. Like, <laughs> um, I, I think it. I feel like I always wrap it up with we knew we were gonna move, and you know it was sort of a natural transition time, and we just kind of had always <laughs> what we'd always sort of distantly talked about it or dreamed about it and so we just decided to do it it's just funny people are like why did you do that well we were gonna move so we figured you know, I don't might know. As well. Well, <laughs> once you get asked the question you realize you don't have an eloquent eloquent way to talk about it it's hard to fully talk about like you know in a casual conversation when somebody wants to know what it was like you know it's it's it is it's hard to wrap up that big of an experience. Um, so then you tell them that you were moving. <laughs> so, then, so then we say, well, we were moving. So Hiking the mountains of Sea Trail was this once-in-a-lifetime experience for the Harrises. But not only do they have a hard time talking about it, they also don't really think about it too much. I've been surprised at how little I, like, think back to the trail. Like, in my day-to-day -day life, but when I do, it is like a powerful reminder of like, you can accomplish more than you think. Like I, you, I sort of look back on this experience and it's easy to think, man, that was incredible. Like we saw incredible things and we did this thing that not many people do. It was a unique experience. Like it was a unique time for us together. And for, and for me to be able to, to kind of think, but but personally, like the way that I was interacting with that experience, I've, I'd left some things undone. Yeah. Is there, is there an example that you could think of? So something that you maybe left undone or? Like I took a, I took a journal. So I carried a journal the entire time um, with the intention of at least doing some cataloging and, and reflecting as we went. And I might have written on one page of it. I mean, and, and it wasn't because I didn't think about it. It wasn't because I didn't have time. It wasn't because I didn't, you know, even have thoughts that I, you know, thought could have been worthwhile to jot down and, and remember. Um, it, was, it was just, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, this isn't going to sound good. I don't know how to write this. And, you know, I just like totally left it undone. Um, even though I had sort of planned on it and I, and I sort of knew that at the end of it, that could be a meaningful thing for me to go back to. I feel like though you're describing the human experience of like, it is so hard to be like fully present in any given moment for yeah. any given experience. Yeah. 
It may be a reason you didn't journal because we knew we were sort of chronicling. Yeah, maybe. The audio <laughs> clips. In all, Aaron and Lexi sent me 73 audio clips from the trail that started from the very first day. Last uh, bathroom stop. <laughs> We're ready to rumble. A lot of laughs, ready to get moving. To the last day. Of course, of course our last night would be a thunderstorm. Listening back puts you right back on the trail. And sure, you hear about a lot of trail stuff like snakes. I don't think this was a poisonous snake. Low-flying jets. And they are so fast. And it is absolutely incredible. And food. I have a handful of wild blackberries. But there was one clip in there that detailed a moment that I'd honestly forgotten about. Jeremy! Jeremy! (laughs) I'd gone out to meet Aaron and Lexi on a Friday night, not long after they walked into a campsite in my hometown of Oak Ridge. The next morning before they left, I just ran over to the donut shop and picked up breakfast. We are sitting enjoying some grandma's donuts. I believe so. And some really good coffee. Delicious. They were grateful, but kind of groggy. So I said, enjoy. And then I went home and I had no idea that I'd made their day. Thank you, Jeremy. This will be good energy to get us going today. To them, it wasn't the places that stood out so much. It was the people. I feel like when I think back on the trail like one of the huge themes was was just the kindness of strangers mm-hmm. um i mean truly they were strangers it we've just been on the receiving end of so much generosity and kindness and like that was such a powerful like thread through the whole experience just i was pretty radical like we had nothing to offer yeah. these people and that's it's not generally how American society works. Uh, yeah. We had nothing to offer, and we smelled horrible. Yeah, like, we, had, like, we had like negative things to, things to offer, to like, yeah. and people were so <laughs> kind to us, and it just yeah, it really want makes me want to you know pay it forward, so to speak. After I got done talking with Aaron and Lexi, I thought about that concept of paying it forward. And I thought, since I've been lucky enough to learn all about the Mountains of Sea Trail over the last year, maybe I can introduce it to someone new. I think this is it. Let's go for a walk. Last week, my six-year-old son Charlie and I got into the car and drove out into a neighborhood just down the road from us in Oak Ridge. Hop on out, my dude. At the end of a dead-end street, there was this set of tire tracks that carved this makeshift path through a field full of tall grass and young trees. Where do you think this goes? I don't know. Where? I think it goes down to the river. Now, not long after I started putting this podcast together, I had gotten a note from the local trails committee here in town. They had told me about a new section of footpath they were putting in. It's not finished yet, and so the location isn't really public. So I wanted to see if Charlie and I could find it. I think there's something down there. Yeah, let's go look. Now, Charlie loves to read. He loves to learn. But he's been indoors a lot lately, doing remote schooling, looking at a screen. It's been kind of hard to get him outside. But here? You're going up the hill now to the mountain sea trail. Yep. His face just lights up. He really wants to see where the path goes. 
And out here, he gets to be an explorer. I didn't notice that before. And there's a bridge. Yeah, somebody built a bridge. Over, see, it goes over that little creek there. Watch your step going across. I'll go first. It's kind of creaky. It is kind of creaky. There's a bunch of lumber laying around in the woods here where a new bridge is going in. And when it's finished, this section will become the newest section of the Mountains to Sea Trail. Um, do you know what the Mountains to Sea Trail is? No. You don't? No way. Where do you think it goes from? Mountain to sea. Yep, and across the whole state. You, you ever think you want to hike it someday? Not really. That would be a long time to hike. Yeah. I might hike it someday. Someday when I'm really old. Really, really old. Uh-huh. Like, really old is, is your age. Thanks, dude. Ha! <laughs> We're getting close. We retraced our steps and walked end. back out to the trailhead. Charlie was smiling. So was I. Just a little trip outside had brightened her entire day. I mean, it's really quite something. When you put on your boots and get out and walk the trail, any trail, it's amazing where it can lead you. That was fun, buddy. I enjoyed going back there with you. Yeah. It's real money back there. Yeah. Here we are at the end. Here we are at the end. If the sky starts to fall when you're up against the wall and the doors fill with sand and mortar, do you leave? Can you stay? It's all you've got left anyway. You just need shelter. You just need shelter. Run a while through the woods You'd be flying if you could There's a stone in the path before you Whether gravity or ground There's blame to go around You cried out for shelter You cried out for shelter Message is a production of Our State Magazine, and I have to brag on some people here. James Mischkowski is my co-producer, and you know what you want in your life? You want James in your life to tell you that something you're doing could be better. He tells me that a lot, but he's right a lot. So, James, I cannot thank you enough. Also, thank you to everybody at Our State Magazine, including Elizabeth Hudson, Todd Delaney, Bernie Mann, Lynn Dardanelle, and our intern McKenna Smith. Also, big, 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 big thank you to everyone at the Friends of the Mountain Sea Trail, including Betsy Brown and Kate Dixon, and everybody else who helped us put out this season, including Howard Lee, Alan Householder, Bob Hillier, Bill Blackley, Allison Greg Butler, Jennifer Farr Davis, Michelle Revoir, Sean Gobin, Thomas Weinheimer, Mary Stewart, and Tara Dower, who, by the way, 
did set the speed record on the MST. Congratulations. Also, thank you to my wife Kelsey and my kids Charlie and Holly who put up with late nights and early mornings and spur of the moment reporting trips. And this is the biggest, biggest one. Thank you to Aaron Brennan and to Aaron and Lexi Harris for letting me into your lives and to take me vicariously on a very big trip. Without you, this season would not have been possible. Now, this show is also made possible by Our State Magazine, and the best way to show your love for it is to subscribe. Trust me, it is a great deal. You get a big, beautiful magazine, and if you use the promo code AWAY when you subscribe at OurState.com, you get five bucks off a year's subscription. If you do not already subscribe, please do. It's just a ray of sunshine among the clouds, and it gets delivered right to your door every single month. Our closing song this week is titled, appropriately, Shelter. It's from the new album by Mipso, a terrific band from Chapel Hill. And if you have made it this far, can I just say, I love you. This is the end of the fourth season of Away Message, a show that started out as a little experiment back in 2017 and has now grown to be something really special. It means so, so very much to me that you choose to spend time listening to this, and for that, I am just eternally grateful. I am not quite sure what we're doing next, but trust me, when I know, you will know. So, for now, I'm Jeremy Markovich. Thank you for coming on this journey with us, and happy trails. Happy trails.